Why don't you shout it out real loud? Say amen. Hallelujah. Come on, you can do better than that. Give God a good shout this morning. Praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles, let's get right into the Word of God today. Open with me, if you would, to Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Thank you, Brother Marquise, for helping with the flow and the, you make the utterance and the unction just so easy. And we thank you for your ministry. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 4. We, uh, we're seeing an increase in our church. Now, many people say that's not supposed to happen in the kind of day that we're living in, but we're seeing an increase in our church. Hallelujah. And that's the will of God. Hallelujah. That you increase more and more, you and your children. We're getting people that are closing escrow on homes. Hallelujah. God's prospering his people. We got people that are getting vehicles, not just one, two vehicles. We got some of our young men that are getting new vehicles in the church. Just several people this just this last week got new vehicles. And I'm thinking, I'm so glad God's prospering the church. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's let the whole world see that no matter what happens in the world, God's kingdom is thriving. I said God's kingdom is thriving. All right, let's get right into the Word of God. Praise the Lord. For a while, we're going to be talking on the subject of divine healing. In fact, this year, for this year, the Lord has instructed us to resume what we once called Holy Ghost meetings. Now, we're not changing, we're not changing uh, anything in regards to letting the Holy Ghost flow, but the Lord told me that this year... I want you to hold faith and healing rallies in the church. So we're going to be talking more about that. We're going to be seeing more healings and miracles uh, take place, not just in the church, but around the nation. So buckle up and get ready for it. You know, I was watching, uh, we were watching some show. I don't know what show we were watching. Just about any show you watch nowadays, it seemed like the commercials were getting longer and longer. Have you noticed that? It's like you have less meat and more fat. Like, like on a, you know, you go to, you go to the, the butcher and you order something and it's 14 pounds. By the time you trim all the fat off, you only got seven. Well, by the time you take all the commercials out, you don't have a whole lot of substance that you've watched. But what I did notice was... That every commercial, at least once in every commercial break, there was something about a new medication, a new pill. You can't even pronounce them. Have you noticed that? It's not in Hebrew. It's in, I don't know what it's in. It's some medical term. But there's, there's, there's a new medication for everything. There's a new one for acid reflux. There's a new one for migraine headaches. There's a new one for rheumatoid arthritis. One show, one show, every commercial break, there's a new medication. And you see someone walking their dog in the park, you know, real happy and flying a kite and everything looks real good. And they make you feel real good about, you know, going to your doctor and saying, hey, I'd like to get that medication. Maybe it'll lower my blood pressure too. And there's just such a, an awareness today of all these different diseases and symptoms and 
And then the world has their solutions, but with the solution, while they're walking their dog, flying their kite, in the background, the, the person moderating or talking during the commercial tells you the 400 ways you could possibly die and all the side effects that come with it, but they make you feel good while you're sipping on a latte with someone that you love and smiling real big because you don't have a migraine headache, but next week you're going to die. You just don't know it because of the side effects. You know, and they, there's all kind of things. You, you even got vaccines. And I'm, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you not to take vaccine or to take vaccine. But I will tell you, be led by the Spirit and be led by what... I, I'm not a doctor, but I have Dr. Jesus on the inside of me. And I know what a red light looks like. I know what a green light looks like in my spirit. And I know how to follow that. And I know how not to be led by fear, but to be led by the Spirit. But have you noticed that there's, there's just a real push around the world to, to really get you aware of certain things? You may not even have been sick, but you watched the commercial and they told you all the things you might have going on in your body. And you're thinking, you know, the gears are turning. You're thinking, I might could use that pill. I mean, is it just me or does it just seem like there's a flood of propaganda to get you well because they think you're not well? Well, it's not just me. In fact, you can watch it and you'll probably see it during the games today, commercials, and you'll probably see it during your favorite show. And you can't get away from it. You think, I'm not going to watch live TV. I'll get a fire stick and watch apps and I watched an NBC app, and I got it on there too. Paid advertisement to make you aware of sickness and disease. And a lot of that, I've come to the conclusion that it develops and it builds unbelief. And if you study the ministry and you study the life of Jesus, you'll see even in some stories where his disciples couldn't cast out devils, Yet they were authorized to do it. And he said, this, this kind didn't come out because of their unbelief. And the devil is working overtime. Especially, I've seen it more this year during the pandemic or the Chinese virus or whatever you want to call it. You see more propaganda and you see more things that are, rather than building your faith, they're building up your unbelief. That's why when everything shut down, the Lord said, I want you every day during the week to have a Voice of Faith broadcast. Amen. And I want you to get the message out. You are a, a Voice of Faith. Well, there's a voice in this world, and it's a voice of unbelief. And faith comes by hearing, unbelief comes by hearing too. Hallelujah. Well, Brother Mark, he did such a fine job during tithe and offering. He brought out a good scripture there in Romans chapter 10 where he said, How shall they hear unless there be a preacher? Well, I, I'd like to say this. How can you believe unless you hear? 
And how can you hear unless there's a preacher? And how can you preach unless he's sent? That's really, a, that's really in a nutshell what I'm going to talk about today. Is without hearing, there's no believing. Well, how can you have unbelief? Unless you're hear, hearing what's being told to you through media, through different outlets. And see, my friend, you're going to have to learn what to shut off and what to turn on. You're going to have to learn how to tune certain things out. Because what you hear can make you or break you. What you hear will determine whether you're going to increase or whether you're going to flourish or whether you're going to walk in divine health or whether you're going to deteriorate and break down. You see, the book of Proverbs in the first chapter there, you can study it out this morning or tonight when you get home. It says a wise man. Everybody say a wise man. Is that you? I know we'd like to call ourselves wise, but let's, let's give you a description of what a wise man does. I'd like to say you're wise just for being here today. Because the Bible says a wise man will hear. In other words, he'll put himself in a position to hear. And then it says he will increase learning. So your increase is attached directly to your hearing. Hallelujah. Now look here in our text. Let's just read here before I get too far. I, I mean, we could get way off just talking about that. But I do want to teach and give you a, a lot of scripture today to help you out. Notice what he says here in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. He said, uh, my son. Well, let me turn there real quick. I want to read this out of the King James because most of you have that. It says, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them. Everybody say keep them. In the midst of thine heart. So that's your job, right? For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. One translation, I like to say it like this in this particular translation. It says, my words are medicine to all your flesh. That's literally what it says there in the Hebrew. The word of God is not just health. It's medicine to all your flesh. Say that with me. Medicine to my flesh. The word of God is my medicine. Now because of everything going around right now, there has been a greater awareness of health. I have more vitamins in my cabinet than I have ever had. Am I the only one? I've got gummies, I've got powders, I've got oils, and there's nothing wrong with that. But my dependency is not on an herb, a veggie, caplet, tablet, whatever. 
It's not on omega-3s. It's not on CoQ10. It's not on all these different things. Nothing wrong with that. We should be led. But my dependency is on the finished work of the cross. Can you say amen? But have you ever noticed that, you know, that, that, that lately people have been very faithful and, and you get those vitamins and you, you read the directions, don't you? And you find out, first of all, those directions are in fine print. So now you think something's wrong with your eyes because you've got to get special glasses just to read the directions. Am I the only one that it's just they're, they've got it in such small little letters, I think they want to kill you by, by way of overdose. I don't know, but maybe so. But you read them, and we're very faithful to take two times a day. Do I take it, you know, with a meal, without a meal? Do I mix it with certain vitamins? Is D good with magnesium? Do I take this with that? I don't know, but I've been taking it. Now I'm feeling funny. Is it because not enough B12 in my system? Maybe I'm deficient in turmeric. Maybe I don't have enough cumin in my diet. Maybe there's not enough potassium. I think I have a heart murmur. I think my beat is kind of off course. I don't know if I need to get an, an EKG, you know, a personal home one there at the house so I can make sure everything's okay. And we've just gotten on edge with health lately. Don't look at me and smile at me because you've been doing the same thing. I don't know if I'm bloated or if I've got a cancer tumor in my, in my gut. I don't know what it is. But I don't want to go to the doctor because they'll stick that thing up my nose and through my brain and it might poke out my eardrum. But boy, once we get the prescription, and for a lot of people... I mean, they're more faithful to make sure. I, they'll set alarms on their phone to make sure that they're getting their dose of their medicine. And notice what the scripture says. And he says, treat the word in a greater manner than you would in this natural, these natural things. I'm not saying anything's against, I'm not against that. Not against it, okay? But what I am saying is we should attend to his word first. If we really believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, if we really believe he is Jehovah Jireh, if he, we really believe he is Jehovah Rapha, if we, all these things we've sung about, then we would take his word as though it is a medicine and we would take the prescription on a daily basis. And this isn't when you have symptoms in your body. This is when there's no symptoms. This is the prescription to walking in divine health. We do live in a world where there is a curse. We do live in a world where there are viruses and diseases and different things that are going around. We do live in a world where we eat a lot of food that's injected with a lot of junk. Those cows and those chickens are fed stuff they never used to be fed. And you're ingesting that and drinking that or eating that and it's getting in your system. And you want to make sure that there's not a word deficiency in your body. Forget about a D or a B or an E or a magnesium deficiency. What about the word of God? Is there a deficiency in your spirit? 
Hallelujah. Thank you for your enthusiasm. And this is why I don't want to get on a, a rant here with, with politics or anything like that. But I'm really not happy about that either. We, we need to pray for this new administration. Well, I do. I'm praying that they fail. Well, why would you pray that way? Well, I'm praying that their policies concerning abortion fail. Why would I pray that they succeed? Come on, don't be stupid and fold your arms and say, oh my gosh, here he goes. I'm old enough, been preaching long enough that I can say what I want to say behind this pulpit and be bold about it and not tippy-toe around. There are certain things that are just ungodly. And I'm not going to fold my arms and just say whatever happens, happens because their main goal is to shut the mouth of the church. Why? If they can shut the voice of the church. And look at they're practicing it right now through all these shutdowns. Told you I don't want to get on a rant here. I'm talking about healing today. But how are people going to believe if a government shuts down the preachers? I'll give you all of it. (laughs) The goal of the devil. Let's just let's just say that so I can and just because my my temper and my my blood level starts boiling a little bit when I start thinking about certain things. Hallelujah. The goal of the devil is to silence the word in your life and keep you from hearing the word because he knows if you become deficient in the word, you'll be deficient in faith. And if you're deficient in faith, you'll be deficient in having and receiving. Come on. And you won't be fruitful in your life. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. What does this nation need to see? They need to see a church, a remnant that is bearing fruit. When everyone else says you're not supposed to prosper, they're getting new cars and new homes and blessed and new jobs. When the economy is going down, the kingdom's going up. When everybody else is sick, the church is healed. When everybody else is dying, we're living. Hallelujah. And when the world sees that, they run to you. Oh, my gosh. I'm coming up higher. We're supposed to prosper. We're supposed to be rich. If you don't like that, there's doors that say exit all over the building. I'm not going to be offended if you leave, but I'm not going to leave this earth without walking in what Jesus died to give me. Hallelujah. He paid a price for my prosperity. He paid a price for my healing. He paid a price for my peace. He paid a price. And it's not going to be in vain. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to let some devil from hell keep me separated from the word of God. (laughs) 
Glory to God. <laughs> I mean, you'd be driving on a six-hour trip, and you'd be two hours down the road, and then you'd find out, I forgot my medication. You'd turn around, and you wouldn't let anything keep you from going to get your little box that says Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because you don't want to miss on your five-day vacation any of your medications. <laughs> what about the Word of God? <laughs> what about hearing the Word of God? What about a believer that will stand and say, there ain't nothing that's going to separate me from my local church. I'm going to hear what my feeder has to say because my having is determined by, determined by my hearing and I'm supposed to have. I'm supposed to walk in blessing. I'm supposed to walk in healing. I'm supposed to walk in prosperity. All these things. How am I going to do that? By faith. How do you live? By faith. The just shall live by faith. How do I get faith? By hearing. How am I going to hear? If there's a preacher, how am I going to have a preacher? If he's sent... So if we can shut off all of these from the root like the devil plans to do, then ultimately we keep you from believing and living by faith. And that's not how it's supposed to be. We're here to establish his kingdom. Right? We're here to extend the boundaries of his kingdom. Give me a good amen. And even if you don't like certain things I say, I still like you. I love you. And it's okay. You're still here, and that's a good thing. Because we're not going to just tell you what we're hot-headed about or what we've got an opinion about. We want to show you in the Word. And if you'll adapt to, the what, to, to what the Word says, you'll go in the direction of the Word. If you adapt to what the world says, you'll go in that direction. So you get to choose this day who you're going to serve. Hallelujah. Notice the first thing he said here. He said, attend to my words. Attend to my words. In other words, put my word first. Put the hearing of my word first. You know, it used to, it used to be very important for some of us that Sunday would be a day that was separated for me to go to church and to hear the Word of God. It wasn't a picture day. It wasn't a Disney day. It wasn't a fishing day. It wasn't a work day. Everything was closed. In fact, some people said, when we grew up, we didn't have to make our beds on Sunday. <laughs> it was a day of rest, and it was a day we dedicated it was what we would call Sabbath. And we dedicated it to, to the church and to hearing the Word of God. And then there was a day when we celebrated Chick-fil-A. You remember that? We were like, man, I love Chick-fil-A and I love what they stand for. They don't work on Sundays. But then came the pandemic 
and things shut down and we went to online church, right? And people were, I mean, our subscribers just jumped up and they're still jumping up. But we were able to watch. There were times Pastor Lisa would preach and I'd be watching her preach on my phone so I could see how many viewers. The viewership was at an all-time high for the first week. Then the second week it went up. And everybody's on there amening, and everybody's on there saying, I'm here from wherever. People from all over the country were watching. And then after the first month, it seemed to kind of wane a little, just kind of just go down. It spiked, but it went down and down and down, and we're still not live yet. Which tells me, there were some people that got excited for a while hearing the Word of God, but they got comfortable. And they got used to being able to watch it when they wanted to watch it. I'm just giving you a little bit of example. Is this all right? I mean, I put on, you know, I'm losing some weight now, but I put on probably 15, 20 pounds during this pandemic. Anybody else? I haven't wore this suit in a while, so I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I mean, it is a little bit tight in some areas. That's what that button's for. But you know what happened? L.A. Fitness shut down. And that that was where I went. And so I, I paid... You know, what was it, 50, 50 bucks a month, and I got my whole family in, 50 bucks a month, and it, it was, you pay an investment to go to a gym, and you think, I better go. And you actually put into it, but for a while, people thought, well, if they shut it down, I'll work out at home. You get where I'm going with this? Well, if we can't go to church, I'll, we'll have church at home. And so people went out and they bought the Pelotron and they bought the, you know, you can buy this mirror now. And you do your little workout in the mirror and, they, and there's someone in the other side of it and they're telling you, raise your hands higher, or kick your knees higher. And, and you got some kind of coach in the mirror, something like that. We've all bought those things. And some of them are just like gimmicks. And some of you buy them and try to work out at home to save the $50 a month. But there's nothing like going to a gym that you subscribe to versus buying an elliptical that you don't use at home. Why? Because there's distractions. It's not the same. Some people are disciplined. Some people can do it. I'm not saying that some don't. But for the most part, for me, I do better with something I invest into and I drive to than staying in the convenience of my own home where I got to feed my dogs, take out the trash, eat breakfast all at the same time while I'm on the elliptical. It doesn't work. And I would be watching sometimes online. You'd see people that were there online attending and then all of a sudden while I'm watching because it's on Facebook too I see the same person 
commenting on someone's thread about something that had nothing to do with church. I'm not mad at you, but I'm telling you, that's how easily you can be distracted at home because you've got all these bells and whistles that are going off and you're trying to attend to the Word of God, but you can't focus because you're not given to a moment in time where you're sitting at the Word of God saying, this is me and God right now and I'm taking my dose. You want me to go a little further? Some of you comment while you're at church on people's Facebook thread. <laughs> so it's not necessarily you being at home or you being at here, you know, in a building. It's where's your attention? He said, My son, attend. Well, that's the root word. Where attention comes from. In other words, give the word your attention. If you'll turn around and drive two hours to get your medication, what kind of attitude do you have towards the word of God and how much do you value God's medicine? I'm just in my introduction. <laughs> Then look at the second thing he says. Y'all getting something out of this? See, every time I preach like this, I sweat and I can button the top button because I'm losing calories. Woo, glory to God. <laughs> he said, incline thine ears. In other words, open your ears. Faith comes how? Faith comes how? That's not what the scripture says in its entirety. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing. In other words, it's in the continual tense. In other words, let me say it like this. Faith does not come by heard or having heard. Or I heard that before. Faith comes by Hearing and hearing and hearing, and, right? You, you could take vitamin C because the doctor says you're deficient in vitamin C. You need to up your load and take so many units of this. And you take it one day, go back to the doctor, and you'll find out that it doesn't just get back to normal from one dose. So how does that deficiency, how do you rid yourself of that? It comes by... Taking the prescription. Do a Google search and find how long does it take for me to get rid of my whatever deficiency. And it may or may not say six to eight weeks. <laughs> right? Why? Because there's still things that are pulling on those nutrients, on those vitamins in your body. Your body's fighting off certain things all the time. I would think so, right? And so sometimes if you're deficient in something, it, it, it could be because there's some kind of underlying condition that's, that's drawing on that. Right? Well, do, do we have a lot that draws on our faith? 
We live by faith. Do we have challenges that take a draw on the faith that's on the inside of you? Yeah. Have you had any financial challenges and you've had to out loud with your words say, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ. And I declare I will not be moved by this deficiency. I say that my God is more than enough. What are you doing? You're spending your faith. Right? How many going to buy lunch afterwards? How many going to buy with cash? Anybody? Okay. So that means you've got some cash in your purse or your wallet. Correct? After you buy lunch, will you have as much cash that you started with? No. Because you're spending something. The just shall live by faith. What do we do in life? We spend our faith. How do we replenish our faith? We hear and we hear and we hear and we hear and we hear. And every time you hear, you're making a deposit of what you're going to withdraw down the road. Right? What you want to make sure of is this. That when you're challenged in a particular area of your life and you go to make a withdrawal from that ATM machine, you don't want it saying insufficient funds. <laughs> right? Well, I thought he was all I need. He is all you need. His word is all you need. In fact, man shall not live. Oh. Oh, I, I'm getting it now. He, if he's all I need, where's he at? He's wrapped up in his word. And if I don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, now my job is to find out how do I get this word off these pages and get it down on the inside of my heart because if it gets on the inside of my heart what's the bible say it'll be life right and what else medicine so what does his word produce life and health life and medicine glory to god well is it important for you to hear the word of god he says incline your ear to my word why? Because faith comes by hearing. Glory to God. Now, think about this. When the word gains interest, entrance into your heart, when the word of God gains entrance into your heart, faith is automatically there. That's how important the word is to you. So when you hear the word of God, and it gets into, see the Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you. How? So that implies that it could be richer in some than it is in others. Right? So now we see this is, the, this is where the devil wants to divide you. He wants to keep you from the hearing of the word of God. Why? Because if it's dwelling in you richly, when you're squeezed in life like a sponge, if you squeeze a dry sponge, what comes out? If you, if you squeeze a sponge that's full of vinegar, what's going to come out? I mean, a whole lot of it if it's full of it, right? What you're full of when you're squeezed, that's what's going to come out. 
if all you are is bitter and complaining all the time, that's what you're full of. If all you're doing is gossiping and all this kind of stuff and you can't help but tell everybody about their problems and you're judgmental, well, that's what you're full of. Be careful what you fill yourself up with. How do I fill myself up? By what I incline my ear to. Y'all getting something out of this? What are you inclining your ear to? I have to be careful because if I listen to a lot of news or if I read a lot of articles and I, I, can, I can get mad. Right? And I don't want to be mad. I don't want to go on a date with my wife and talk about how mad I am about how someone cheated and, and won. And I don't want her going on a date with me talking about that. I want her talking about how good looking I am. I want to talk about how good looking she is. <laughs> how good looking our kids are. And talk, you know, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> Hallelujah. What you're full of is what's going to come out of you. So faith is the clue, really. That's it. Faith is the clue. People say, well, I saw you preach on. Duh. We come to your church and all we hear, I've come here for a year straight. I, someone told me this one time. And all I've heard is faith, 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 faith. And they said, I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to understand it. Guess what? You come next year, you're going to hear the same thing. Faith, faith, faith. I mean, who, who's been here the longest? Donna? What do we preach? Faith. You just can't get away from it. You preach on prosperity, you can't get away from faith. You preach on deliverance, you can't get away from faith. You preach on healing, you can't get away from faith. You preach on the family, you can't get away from faith. You preach on marriage, you can't get away from faith. You preach on death, you can't get away from faith. You preach on heaven, you can't get away from faith. You preach on anything in the Word of God, you can't get away from faith. Anything that God has for you, you can't get away from faith because it takes faith to receive from the hand of God. I'd like to go a step further. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So what do we see about faith? Well, we see without it, we can't please God. Without it, he can't reward us. Without believing that he is, there is no faith. Glory to God. Faith is the clue. Look here in Matthew chapter 8, verse 13. I'll just read a scripture. You don't have to turn there. But if you want to put it on the screen, if you're as quick as I am, if not, that's okay. He said to the centurion, remember the centurion soldier? He's, remember the one that said, say the word only and my servant will be healed? He said, go thy way, and as thou hast believed, 
so be it done unto thee. And in the self same hour, his servant was healed. What was the key? He said, go thy way as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. What about Mark chapter 5, verse 34? He said, daughter, thy faith, thy faith. Who's he talking to there? Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She touches the hem of his garment, and he says, something came out of me. And his disciples said, the whole crowd's touching you. He says, they're thronging you. They're, they're surrounding you. They're, everybody's touching you. He said, no, particular person touched me, and when they touched me, virtue. What, what's he saying in the Greek there? Virtue's power. He said, power came out of me and went into her body. Who is it? Who touched me? That's literally what Jesus said. Who touched me? They said, everybody's touching you. But there was a difference in the way she touched him. What made the difference? I'll tell you what made the difference. It was faith. How do you know? Because faith is expressed by what a person says. And she said, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. You see, we believe, therefore we speak. She said, everybody was touching him, but not everybody was saying the same thing. What did Jesus say? He said, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy place. What was the key? What was the catalyst? Some people would say it's his garment. It's a special garment. The hem on it represented that he was anointed, so it had to have been his anointing. If that was the catalyst, he would have said, Daughter, my anointing has made you whole. If that was the clue that we're looking for, he would have said, Daughter, my new denim skirt with the hem that you've touched on this garment, which is, it costs a lot of money, especially made just for me, has made you whole. Did he say that? No. He said, your faith has made me whole. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith will make you whole. Your faith will make you whole. I was... Uh, I got, I got, just going to tell off my, I got caught up in a lot of this. I told you I'd start buying these vitamins and I started studying up on it and I'm sitting there in the elliptical and I got my headphones on and I'm, I've got a certain doctor that I, I like to follow. So I had some symptoms going on in my body and I just did a little search in there about it and he had some natural remedies. So I spent an hour listening to him and the spirit of God said, why don't you give the same attention to my word? That's what the Spirit of the Lord told me. Not that my, you know, whatever doctor I was listening to was, was wrong. 
but this is what I heard in my spirit. So I right away, I got, I, I typed in Kenneth E. Hagen, healing scriptures. <laughs> I, I don't want another sermon. I just wanted the word. Because you, you type in Kenneth E. Hagen and healing, and you get a lot of different messages. You get healing school, and it's all wonderful, and I've listened to all those still. But I thought to myself, that's true. He's got, there's, like, there's one that's on there, I think it's an hour and a half or two hours, and it's just him just, just quoting scriptures. And you're hearing it, and I'm sitting there on the elliptical, and I'm thinking, but this feels good. This feels good, and it's getting into my spirit. And I'm, I'm also, you know, because bodily exercise profited little. A little bit, Right? But he says, exercise yourself unto godliness. How am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? I've got to give myself by attending to. And, incline, I, and it's easy for me to listen to something, to prepare and write notes down to preach. But what's that do for me? Does that make sense, does that make sense to you? And I got to think about, what about my spirit? What about my physical body? What am I going to do? I mean, i got to do what I tell you to do. And so I started, and I've noticed, I've noticed a difference just in my own strength. Where I'll, I'll, I'll forget how long the workout is because I'm, I'm listening, and I'm like, man, i never seen that before. And it will be just basic scriptures like he sent his word and healed you of all your diseases. By whose stripes ye were healed. I mean, and then scriptures I never heard of that pertain to healing. All through the Bible, you think two hours long? And then you could get stuck on one. I got stuck on one, and I forgot I was working out, and I just stopped. And I thought, I'm going to rewind that. I want to hear that again. Because you realize that's what's of value to you in this day. That's, that's the anchor. That's what's going to hold you. That's the anchor that's going to hold you. It's going to be the word. It's going to have to be the word. Okay? Now you go to the doctor, they give you a prescription, and you leave that on your nightstand, and you don't do it. Is it going to work for you? No. You go to the preacher, and he tells you what to do, and you leave your Bible on your nightstand, and you don't do anything with it. Well, is that going to do anything for you? Yet it's more than enough for you. You know, how do you know it's more than enough for me? Because the Bible said, he himself. Now that's interesting. He himself bore your sicknesses and your infirmities. Where? On the tree. He, him. So in other words, he did it all by himself. He didn't need the help of Dr. Colbert, Dr. Axe, Dr. whoever. Hamashamahaka Hamahasha. He didn't need anybody's help. He did it by himself. Dr. Jesus, all by him. He knows more about your body than your doctor knows. He's not a practicing physician. He is the great physician. He's not going to put some kind of trial thing on you to see if this works and check this out. He is an assurity. He is a sure foundation. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everything you see him do in the Bible... From Genesis to Revelations, he's still doing today. 
Hallelujah. He's on your side. He's for you. He's not against you. He loves you. He already took every sickness and every disease that you could ever hear of and all the strains that can, strands or strains, whatever you want to call it, whatever comes up in the next year, next two years, he already had that placed upon himself. He can't be caught off guard. He's not caught by surprise by any disease. He knows your body. Hallelujah. And not only that, he knows his faith and he gave you his faith just like Paul said I live by the faith of the son of God he knows his faith in you will work for you glory to God every time Woo! <laughs> I feel good I feel the anointing in here two blind men came after Jairus's house in Matthew chapter 9, verse 28. And they came crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus said to them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. And they said, Yes, Lord. He touched their eyes. According to your faith, he said, Be it unto you. What's the key? Faith. And their eyes were opened. Faith, and I'm going to stop. Well, maybe I'll keep on going. I looked at the clock. I got time. Faith is what makes divine healing work for you. I mean, I'm not really out of my introduction yet. Is this all right? <laughs> Faith is what makes divine healing work for you. I, I want to give you this last point. Look what he said here in Proverbs chapter 4. He said, incline, he said, attend, right? That's the first thing. He said, attend unto my word. What was the next thing he said? Incline your ear. What was the third thing he said? Let them not depart before your eyes. That's so key. He said, you can hear it, but you gotta, you got to see it. This has to be what you're looking at, what you're staring at, what your eyes are fixed on. And if the word doesn't depart from your eyes, you're bound to see yourself healed. If you're bound to see yourself healed, then there's an expectation of healing and divine healing just replicating itself every day in your life. If you're seeing yourself sick, then there'll be an expectation for worse things. You're looking for it. You're checking for it. You're sniffing for it. <laughs> I mean, come on. If all you do is get conditioned by what is being pushed in society today, you'll hear things that'll make you look for things. 
Am I right? Am I the only one that heard things after an hour show that started to feel around thinking, I wonder. Because what you look at long enough, it'll form on the inside of you. That's why he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do I renew my mind? With the washing of the water of the Word of God. It means i got to do a cleansing sometimes after I watch certain things because those images capture in your thinker and all of a sudden you've got an image and you see yourself with this disease or you see yourself with this sickness. What would happen if you got an image that's stamped indelibly in your heart of the truth of God's word that says by his stripes you have been healed. If I have been healed, then I was healed. Because that's past tense. Right? I mean, I, I, I passed English. I know past, present, future. I know different tenses. Right? That's past tense. That means it's already happened. So if it's already happened, right? then I'm already healed. I may not feel healed, but I'm going to stare and look and get my eyes fixed. Let me give you this example. And we see, we see this in the scripture. And I'm going to close with this thought. But you remember when, you remember when Israel was complaining and they're griping? I mean, they, they griped over something stupid. They're being fed from the best master chef, God the Father himself. Manna coming from the sky? I mean, what, what do you want, McDonald's? <laughs> and they're complaining about it. They, in fact, they're so loathed, the heavenly man. In other words, they, they begin to hate it. They're like, I hate this food. I'm tired of the same thing over and over and over again. You, what you need to do is go spend a week with Brother Steve and he, you get fed. And you'll find out what heavenly man is like. Because <laughs> he sends me pictures of all the barbecue and all that kind of stuff. You can't get tired of that. Can you? And so something turned. Something just shifted. And they begin to loathe and hate the heavenly manna coming from heaven. So they're griping and they're complaining. And all of a sudden the Bible said the Lord sent vipers. The Lord sent snakes. Now if you read that in English, you're thinking, well, see, there it is, Pastor. You said God doesn't put sickness and hurt people and kill people. But the Lord sent snakes and people died that day. See, God works in mysterious ways. Well, you come too late to tell me that God did that. Because really, I've studied that out. And the word sent there in the Hebrew, because I like to read it in its original language, it's in the permissive sense. In other words, God permitted that to happen. Why? Because God 
does not permit himself to go against man's will. People say, God can do anything he wants to do. He cannot go against your will. And if man wills to go to McDonald's, God will let you have McDonald's. With those nuggets, chicken McNuggets or whatever. And if that's all there is, one time that was all there is and it tasted like manna from heaven for me. But God will not go against your will. So just a little Bible study here, just a quick one. That's in the permissive sense. God allowed what they allowed. God will give you what you want. God never intended for Israel to have a king, but they wanted one. God let them have it, and it didn't work. And God strived with them, right? And God was there. And I believe God's the same way with our nation. You say, well, why would he strive with our nation? Because you're here, you're the church. Hallelujah. And so here they are complaining. We go a different direction with that, too. They're just complaining about the food. And so the people are getting bit and they're, they're, they're dying. What did God instruct his leader to tell the people to do? Well, first of all, they were instructed to create a serpent, a brazen serpent, on the pole. Right? And God told the leader, said, tell your people, if they'll look at the brazen serpent on the pole... Uh, they won't die. And so, could you imagine that? People are dying all around them. In fact, those snakes are crawling up their leg. But they're not permitted to look down. Get off me. They're only permitted to look at the serpent on the pole. What is the serpent on the pole? Why did it have to be brazen? Why was it brass and burnt in fire? Because brass represents judgment. So when they were looking at the serpent on the pole, they were looking at Jesus taking the bite of sin from the serpent. And they were looking at Jesus taking the judgment of that sin so you would never have to be judged by it. And as long as you looked at that, you would be healed. How does that apply to me? As long as I'm looking at Jesus taking my sins, taking my sickness, taking cancer, taking COVID, taking the flu, taking rheumatoid arthritis. Come on, somebody. You put a label on it. Whatever it is, Jesus took it on the cross. What did that serpent represent? The curse. That's that curse. That's that serpent that subtly came into the garden. Remember? And when he was adhered to, the curse came in. What did Jesus do? He said, I'll go to that tree. I'll get on that pole. And not only will I become the curse, not only will I take the judgment, but I'll do it for you 
because I love you. And I'll take every sickness known to mankind and all those you don't know about. And I'll take it upon myself. Glory to God. So you will never have to take it yourself. Yeah. Now when it tries to come on me, I'm like, get off me. You don't belong on me. <laughs> right? Same way you are. You paid your cable bill, and if it doesn't turn on, you call them up and say, what's going on? I paid my bill. Right? You don't put up with it. You're like, get this thing turned on right now. I paid you this month, gardener, and my, you didn't pull the weeds. Get, come on, get over here. You didn't, even, you didn't even hose off my front drive. You didn't do this or you didn't do that. I paid you. How are you when it comes to what Jesus already paid on your behalf? It don't belong on you. It don't belong on you. What were they told to do? To keep their eyes fixed. Why? Because what you fix your eyes on, that's how you'll see yourself. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you're bound to look like him. How is he? He's healed right now. As he is, so are we in this world. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's in a place of authority. Y'all get something out of this? This is just so good that it's hard to stop. Hallelujah. Now, would you get bored if this is what you heard over and over and over and over again? Some people would. But let me, let me stop with this thought. Jesus, when he went from town to town, what did he do? He went about teaching, preaching. What's the third thing? Healing. Everywhere he went, those were the three things he did. So let's take that scripture you quoted in Romans a little bit further. We're not going to add or take away, but it works the same. How could they be healed? Unless they believe. How can they believe unless there's faith? How can they have faith unless they hear? Same thing, right? How can they hear unless there's a preacher? How valuable is your preacher to you? I, I'm not boosting myself up. I'm just, how valuable is you hearing the word of God? I may not be some people's preacher, but they need one. When I say preacher, you can listen to any preacher, but I'm talking about the one God puts in your life that's your feeder. How can they teach, preach, unless they're sent? Same concept, same thing. God wants you to be connected to hearing the word of God. So connected that your eyes don't depart from it. And if your eyes don't depart from it, what you're looking at is what you'll become. Hallelujah. You say, well, I thought I already was. You are. But I'm talking about Jesus on the inside working on the outside. Remember that song we used to sing? <laughs> I'm talking about he who has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it. 
all these things you have on the inside, but you're working out your salvation. You're working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Glory to God. You get something out of that today? Praise the Lord. And we're done a little bit early. So we got time. You got time to go home and watch the Packers win today? Is that right? <laughs> who's, who's rooting for the Packers today? Not a whole lot of people. Who, who doesn't care? There's a lot of people. <laughs> Praise God. Put your hands to heaven whether you care or not. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that it's life to our flesh and health to our bodies. Medicine. Medicine. We thank you for it. God, let there be a sincere, this is what I pray, that there's a sincere desire and hunger, a renewed hunger and thirst just for the hearing of your word. I know we're hungry to see certain things. We want to see your hand move. We want to see certain things happen in the church and in the ministry. But there's some things we'll never see unless there's seed from your word that's planted. Let there be a renewed, fresh hunger and desire today that's imparted into the hearts of so many that are listening for your word, for your word. It's your word that we're after. It's your word that we're after. Like our next breath, we want your word. <laughs> we thank you for your word. Why don't you just do that? Thank God for his word right now. We thank you for the ability to hear your word. And we won't let anything divide us from the hearing of the word of God. But we'll stay connected and we'll keep our eyes fixed and focused on what the Word says about us and who we are and what belongs to us. And anything that's contrary to that, we'll brush it off. Hallelujah. We'll shake it off into the fire and we'll walk in line with what your Word says. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.